0: much for listening to this episode of Talking Sports with Evan. Thank you for all those that have been listening to the podcast for a while, and thank you for all the new listeners as well. I appreciate you all. I have a few things to discuss here today, talking some NFL free agency and the uh, NFL franchise tag. So it's going to, yes, I will talk a little bit of Packers, um, but I'm also going to talk some uh, free agency and the franchise tag. And Mainly a little bit about the uh, Dak Prescott and what the uh, you know and what the Cowboys should do in that situation. Uh, rumor mill is blowing up with Russell Wilson uh, willing to be traded to 14s, but doesn't want to go anywhere. So we're I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Um, JJ Watt apparently has a contract offer of upward to 15 to 16 million. And I'm going to talk about why I feel that is a little ludicrous, Um, especially if he wants to, if he wants to win a championship, there's only a handful of teams that have the resources to offer him that money. Now, obviously, I don't know what is there for the, what's carrying over for these teams, but... If he wants to go to a playoff contender, there's not a ton of um, options out there for him. I'm going to talk a little bit about that, and then I'm going to talk about some options for the Packers. I picked number 29 that that I like uh, as options, and I know at the and then uh, I know at the end of the day, regardless of what I say. Um, Regardless of what I say, they're going to do the exact opposite. Like two years ago, two years ago, I predicted that the Packers were going to draft an offensive lineman in the first round, at pick number twelve. They took Rashawn Gary. Now, I don't mind being wrong because Rashawn Gary's turned into a very fine player. But I'm just using that as an example that we we truly don't know what direction, regardless of all the mock drafts that are out there, regardless of everything that's been said. Regardless of all that stuff, we ultimately don't know what the Packers are going to do. Um, last year, they took Jordan Love when most people didn't think it was going to happen. Two years ago, they took Rashawn Gary when most people didn't have Rashawn Gary anywhere on their draft board. So, we we ultimately, we don't know what the, uh, what the Packers are going to do. But I'm going to give some options out there on who I like and what I like and whatnot. And I'm going to... You know, I've seen a couple of things flying around Twitter about the Packers do this or that. I'm going to lose my mind, and I'm going to kind of talk about why. I don't care what they—I'm going to talk about that a little bit, uh, position-wise. I'm going to touch on the Milwaukee Bucks briefly at the end here. And uh, with that said, I want to, again, thank you all for listening. Um, I haven't done this in a while because the last two times I've recorded, it's been during my lunch break at work, and my boss typically frowns upon people drinking on the job. So now that my workday is over, I'm going to bring this back quickly before I get going. What am I drinking today? So usually when I record, I enjoy a beverage as I'm recording, and uh, my beverage of choice today is from Hinterland Brewery, Door County Cherry Wheat. Um, It's uh, American Wheat Ale with Rio cherries, Door County cherries, and I really enjoy it. I like what everything I've gotten from Hinterland Brewery so far, I really enjoy, and I'm a big cherry fan, and I like the, 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 the hint of cherries, Hinterland, hint of cherries, no pun intended, but I like the hint of cherries that you get when you drink it. It's not overwhelming. Sometimes when you get or beers, it can be too sweet. But the Hinterland Cherry, to me, is just perfect. Perfect combination of a wheat ale and with cherries. So if you find it out and about, check it out. Give it a try. And like I said, I like all the Hinterland uh, beers that I've tried. Hinterland, located in uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin. And um, again, it's at on Lombardi Avenue in Green Bay, is super close to Lambeau Field. So give it a try. Check it out if you get a chance. And I, I think you'll enjoy it. So especially if you like uh like the blue moons or uh different cherry tart cherry type beer. If you be like kind of like that hint of fruit I think you'll enjoy it. So with that you can follow the show at talking sports with Evan uh at gmail.com, you can email me. You can find me on Twitter, at Evan with Sports. You can Facebook me. Uh, Facebook page for the show is Talking Sports with Evan. And I'm in the process of creating a webpage where you can find all my podcasts in one spot. And also, I'm going to get back into uh, doing some blogging, too. So, I'm in the process of putting the site together. And when it goes live, I will put it out on my social media and how to find it. And it's also going to include some of my health and fitness stuff that I've done in the past. And I am trying to become an active health and fitness coach again. I did it for a while, fell off a little bit. And I'm trying to get going again, trying to encourage people. If you're looking for support, accountability, motivation, encouragement, to get healthy, make lifestyle changes, um, feel better about you, feel better health-wise, whatever it is, I'm not here to judge. I'm here to be a motivator, a coach, encourager, whatever you need to help you reach the goals that you want to reach. And for that, you can email me at coachevan66 at gmail.com. So I, I mentioned a lot on what I'm going to be talking about today and trying to figure out where I should start. And I think I'm going to start with J.J. Watt. Um... So J.J. Watt, for first time in his career, is a free agent, and he's definitely enjoying the free agent, uh, free agency, uh, experience. He he is going to take his time in deciding what he wants to do. Okay, and and I that's fine. I'm fine with that. You know, he should be allowed to take his time. Um, but it seems like we hear a new rumor every every day, every other day, every week. We hear a new rumor about J.J. Watt. And if you listened to last week's show, I talked about why I would like J.J. Watt on the Packers. You put him with Kenny Clark, Rashawn Gary, Zadarius Smith. You have a front four that's going to cause havoc on opposing offensive lines. And the pa- Packers don't have enough of that. Dean Lowry busts his butt, but he's not he's not somebody they should pay what they're paying him to do what he does. Um, Tyler Lancaster would be a nice situational guy, you know, if if Kenny Clark or JJ Watt need to break for a player or two, you can put him in. Um, Kiki has shown promise, but that concussion is a little concerning to me. Um, They don't have a lot of defensive line. And I think JJ Watt would be a guy that would help that defense. I still think JJ Watt has plenty left in the tank. Um, but now we're talking about what kind of money is he looking for. So earlier in the week, John Clayton came out and said it's pretty much down to three teams with a dark horse fourth team the Packers, the Titans, and the Bills. No particular order with the uh, Las Vegas Raiders being an outside option. The next day or two, it comes out that he is getting offers and he has an offer on the table of upward to 15 to 16 million per uh, million dollar contract. And if that is the case, and as much as I love JJ Watt, thanks, but no thanks. Um, We, that'd be way too much money for the Packers to spend on JJ Watt when they are currently 11 million over the cap. Yeah, they can make some moves to get to, uh, probably close, to roughly twenty to twenty-five million under the cap, with some releases, restructuring, extensions, so forth. But you, you're you're not going to give that entire cap space to one guy, especially when you have your rest of your roster you got to make up. You have your rookie dra- uh, draft class you got to sign. It just wouldn't be it wouldn't be good economics. To commit sixteen million to one guy when you just have a you know a number of things you got to do with that the limited resources you're going to have. Positive thing, ESPN slash Disney and the NFL has reached an agreement for their television contract. Monday Night Football will stay on ABC or I mean sorry ESPN and ABC will host the Super Bowl um, first time since two thousand six. They've been added to the rotation so. That should definitely help the salary cap, which is going to be probably anywhere from 180 to 188. Which, right now, if it's at 180 uh, per over the cap, the Packers would be 11 million over. If it's at 185, you can knock five off of that. If it's at 188, you can knock eight off of that. And they're, you know, a little bit better shape. And maybe they can get some work done. But back to Watt. I, I'm i trying to figure out which team is offering that 16, $15, 16000000 And I'm trying to figure out which team has the money. So right now, I, I, I'm i looking at over the cap. And here's kind of the gist that we've got with J.J. Watt. He wants to play with a, a, a good quarterback, and he wants to play with a strong team. Basically, he wants to play with a team that has a shot to go deep in the playoffs, and compete for a Super Bowl. Okay, so let's look at those teams. So the Titans, one of the final four teams that we heard about, three teams, is currently $1.8 million under the cap. They have some work to do if they're the team that's willing to offer $16 million. The Packers, we talked about, is $11 million over the cap, um, and this is with 180 and obviously that can change. And the Bills are a million over the cap, and the Raiders are seven million over the cap. So those are the four teams that came out as the four likely destinations for JJ Watt. Um those teams have work to do. Okay. So what other options out there that could, you know, Tampa Bay, they're roughly 13 million over with the 180 million uh cap right now. The problem with Tampa Bay is you have a lot of guys who you may want to bring back to try to win a second straight Super Bowl and Sue Fournette, uh one of their wide receivers, his name is escaping me at the moment. a uh, Godwin, I'm sorry, Godwin Gronkowski, um Barrett, David. You got a lot a lot of free agents and very little money to bring them all back. So do you use up the cap space that you have, which you would have to make some room, or you'd have to structure the contract a certain way to get him that $15 million. Do you use up your cap space on one guy? The Ravens, $18 million currently under the cap. They need wide receiver help. They need defensive line help. They could use um, offensive line help. Uh... Do the Ravens pretty much wipe out their cap space right now in order to sign one guy? The Cowboys, Dak Prescott potentially coming back healthy, depending on if the Cowboys sign him, franchise him, whichever. I don't know what the Cowboys are going to do. They have a strong offense, decent offensive line, need defensive help. The Cowboys are not that far off from being a Super Bowl team. They just need some defensive help, and they need to keep Dak Prescott around. They got about 19 million in space. The Cleveland Browns, about 20. The Dolphins, 22, which they don't look to be close to a playoff caliber team. The Chargers, sleeper for me on the J.J. Watt train, 23 million under the cap. And the Colts at 43 million under the cap. The Patriots at 62. So the Colts have Carson Wentz. So the question is what kind of quarterback does J.J. Watt see Carson Wentz being? Can Carson Wentz go back to be what he once was when he got bef- before he got towards ACL in the Super Bowl winning season or is the J- or the Carson once we saw most recently the Carson once that we're going to see. And then the Patriots, they don't have a quarterback. So, I just don't see the Bengals are not a playoff team, Washington's not a playoff team, Denver unless they trade for Deshaun Watson is not a playoff team. The Jets are not a playoff team. The Jaguars are not a playoff team. Those are the teams that have the most money. They're not playoff teams. If Watt wants to compete for a Super Bowl, he's not going to one of those guys. Just saying. He's not. So I I don't I just don't see where Watt gets this money that it's rumored that he wants. And if he finds someone that can give it to him, great. Good for him he's a a great uh a great defensive end and he'll automatically make any team better but again i i just i don't see where this money's coming from um of playoff teams so to me it's probably the agent trying to see what money he can get out of somebody uh that that's just my thoughts so but we'll see I still, until I'm proven otherwise, I still honestly think Watt ends up in Green Bay. Um, I just think it makes too much sense for JJ Watt to sign with the uh, to sign with Green Bay. I, I just think it makes way, 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 way too much sense. So th- that's just where I sit. It it just makes too much sense. So next week's show. Are we going to have anything new on J.J. Watt? I don't know. But if there is, obviously I will talk about it. So, moving on. I I talked about how I would like to talk a little bit about the franchise tag and especially Dak Prescott. And, no, I'm not a Cowboy fan. I am a diehard Packer fan. Talking sports with Evan, I typically stick to more Wisconsin sports. But I think talking Dak Prescott is a little important because I think Jerry Jones and company need a... Uh, kick to something before they make a potential mistake. And I'm high on Prescott. I like that Prescott. I think he is a fine quarterback. I think he is solid. And I think he's a guy that you can win with if you build the team around him. Now, yes, I know if you go north of 40 million, you're going to limit some of the money that you can spend. But he is a two time Pro Bowler. 2016 AP offensive rookie of the year and his career he has 106 touchdowns and 40 interceptions 17,000 yards completing 66% of his passes before he got hurt this year he was his record yes he was 2 and 3 but he was putting up some nice numbers in those five games 1800 yards nine touchdowns and 68% completion percentage career he's 42 and 27 as a starter You have a 27-year-old quarterback. It is tough to find quarterbacks in this league. Just look at them. Jacksonville is looking to draft uh, Trevor Lawrence after missing on pick after pick at that quarterback position. The Jets are uh, looking like they're going to take Wilson out of BYU or Justin Fields out of Ohio State, two years removed from drafting Sam Darnold in the first round the uh, dolphins have talked about moving on from Tua 1 year after drafting him so teams are so quick to move on from quarterbacks, and it's tough to find a good one it's tough to find a good quarterback in the NFL and when you got one you lock him up you do what you can to lock him up and if if the cowboys need a franchise tag Prescott again you franchise tag him again you don't let him go. It'll be a mistake if the Cowboys let Dak Prescott go. Career ninety seven quarterback rating. Averages two hundred and fifty five yards passing per game. He was averaging 371 passing yards per game before the ankle injury. He was on fire. They the Cowboys weren't two and three because of him. They weren't two and three because of him. They're two, they two and three because the defense was atrocious. And with the wide receiver core you have with the Cowboys now in Cooper and in, uh, in the rookie you just got recently and um, Gallup, you, ha- you you want him to stick around. And who's your other options? Is it Andy Dalton? He's not a long-term guy. He's, he's a stopgap that you might get a year or two uh, solid production out of for a year or two being 33 years old. And you look at what he did in Dallas, he was okay. Four and five, 14 touchdowns, eight interceptions, 6.5 yards per attempt, a little higher than a 7.1 for his career. And he's your definition to me of an average quarterback who I don't think is a starting quarterback anymore at this point in his career. He's a great backup, but I don't think he's a starter anymore. So I think the Cowboys would be quite stupid not to sign a, uh Dak Prescott long term. Quarterbacks don't grow on trees. They don't. They they need to get this this deal done. The alternative, yeah, maybe you trade for Russell Wilson, which I don't see that happening. But we'll see. So, speaking of Russell Wilson, go up with the Deshaun Watson, um Russell Wilson is a quarterback potentially on the market again. What do the pack, what do the uh, the uh, teams do? And you've seen the Jets rumor, the Dolphins rumored, the Bears rumored, 49ers name thrown out there. I honestly don't think Deshaun Watson goes anywhere. I think the ownership plays hardball. Ultimately, I think the ownership plays hardball, and they're like, you know what? No, we're not trading you. We're not moving you, and we're not uh, taking on that that hit that we're going to take for dead money by moving on from you, which for the Texans is not a ton of money in, uh, this year, but it will kick on for next year. Uh, Watson, sorry, it is a lot of money this year. He'd be 67 for dead cap. So they, can, they could move him. They could tr- cut him. They could, you know, we're well, not going to cut him. But they, they definitely could trade him to what? I don't know. But let's say they trade him to the Jets. And I'm on over the caps uh, player manager, or sport, uh, sport Tracks player manager here. So let's. Uh, so I can't do draft picks, it looks like. But I could do quarter, I can do player. Let's process the trade. So I moved Deshaun Watson off and now you got nine million in cap space. So yeah, I guess you get a little bit of cap space, but I just I don't think it's worth it long term uh to move on from Deshaun Watson. And I and I think and I think the Texans play hardball. Russell Wilson, on the other hand, I don't know where this is coming from. All of a sudden, like I don't want to be moved, but I do want more say in player acquisition. I do want more say in uh, you know, bringing guys in. I wanted more say in who my offensive coordinator is going to be. I don't know where this is coming from, and I think he's a guy at this point in his career has earned the right, earned that ability to have a little bit more say on who's being built around him. I do agree with him on that, but I also I don't think Russell Wilson goes anywhere. I honestly don't. Why, why would he? Why would Russell Wilson be traded? Why would Seattle do that? He He's not demanding a trade. He just said some teams that he'd be interested in going to, and if it does end up being Chicago, he would automatically be the best quarterback in Bears franchise history before even putting on a helmet. Um, I don't know where else he would go. Um, but that looks like the most logical spot: the Raiders, the Cowboys, two other teams that he said he would go to. But I guess you can let Prescott go if you make a trade for Russell Wilson. I guess you could. And then with the Bears, why would he? I don't understand why he'd want to go to the Bears because the Bears, um, looking at their their issues, you have a mediocre to bad offensive line. You don't have. Your your top receiver is a free agent. You Your running game showed improvements, but they're still not great. And you don't have a lot of money to spend. You're $1.9 million over the cap right now. So where are you going to come up with the money to trade for Russell Wilson? Who are you going to include in that trade? Do you feel comfortable moving Akeem Hicks? Do you feel comfortable moving um, those guys who you'd probably have to move in order to get Russell Wilson. So, I don't think Wilson goes anywhere. I don't think, um, I, I honestly don't think Deshaun Watson gets moved. I think the Texans continue to play hardball. So, yeah, we'll see. So, moving on, I did say I was going to talk a little bit of Packers and some pit guys who I would like potentially in Green Bay. Um, packers with the 29th pick in the nfl draft some guys who i like ashante samuel jr i'm a big fan of him corner out of uh florida state i'm a fan of horn uh joe horn's kid um another corner i think he would do well uh linebacker i am loving a lot is uh linebacker from tulsa um Named this I can't think of his name. Uh, I've been looking him up a lot lately. Um, but he, he, he. I really like him. Now, unfortunately, a couple mock drafts I've seen, he goes right before Green Bay to the to, to the Saints, who also needed an off-ball linebacker. Collins. Um, I'm a big fan of Collins. I think Collins would be great for this defense. Uh, Joyce Horn. Jace Horn is a son of Joe Horn that I like. Um, I think Collins, uh, well, Kadarius Tooney is a guy at 29, if he's there, I think could bring another dimension to the offense. Um, draft him in the first run. You don't have to worry about bringing Swarvin Irvin back. He could be your 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 uh, extra back plus a great slot receiver. Everything you do with Swarvin Irvin, you can do with him. Um, Rashad Bearman, uh Rashad Bateman, I'm sorry. Is a guy I like if he falls at 29. Um, A lot of guys I like. Elijah Moore, I'm starting to like a little bit more. Wide receiver out of Ole Miss. He's a guy that can be uh, extra dimension to the offense. Elijah Vera Tucker, offensive lineman from USC. You could put him at right tackle uh, right away in 2020, and you'll be good there if Micah Parton. Micah Parsons ends up falling to 29, linebacker for Penn State. He's a guy I would be a fine a fine with. Xavier Collins, linebacker from uh, Tulsa. He's 6'4", 260, and he can play either the edge or he can play uh, off ball. I think he would bring a skill set to the Packers defense that would put the Packers automatically um, as one of the better defenses in the NFL. Christian Bearmore, defensive tackle from Alabama. He's a guy to keep a close eye on leading into um, draft season as we're approaching it. Rondale Moore, a little on the smaller side, but he's another gadget guy that can be a stud receiver or that jet sweep guy or whatever else you want to attack him at. I talked about Asante Samuel Jr. He's uh, they do need corner help quite a bit, um, and. More is the mock, uh, the mock draft that I currently have up in front of me. That is who they have taking. Uh, more is who they have the Packers taking. That's Doug Farah's uh, mock draft. So those are some guys to keep an eye on. Um, when it comes to position, I, I don't really care what position the Packers take as long as it's not a quarterback. Um, you, you took a quarterback last year in the first round, obviously, Jordan Love. Um, I I feel you. Um, um, you know Jordan Love pick means you don't need to take a quarterback. And one comment I do want to make because I saw I saw this moving around Twitter that if the Packers take a running back in round two, I'm gonna rip my hair out because you just took AJ Dillon. Well, that's the type of thinking that gets GMs fired. You, you take the best player available, pretty much. It does, and that's what the Packers, for the longest time, try to do. And sometimes, yes, they reach on a guy. But for the most part, the Packers try to take the best player available. And at 29 or in the second round, if that best player available happens to be a running back, you take him. I'm not saying that that's what I want the Packers to do. But you, you take best player available. You don't draft on need. And yes, I know the Packers have some holes at corner, at linebacker, at offensive line. But the thing is, GMs who last a while in the league, teams that stay in contention year in and year out for the playoffs and the Super Bowl, they don't overvalue, they don't overdraft. Um, they, They draft guys based on how their draft board falls. If Ted Thompson never drafts Aaron Rodgers, at uh, in the two thousand and five draft because he had uh, Brett Favre, so he's going to take a position quote of need. Then who knows where the Packers are right now? Um, when you drafted Jordy Nelson in the second round, when you already had Greg Jennings, James Jones, Donald Driver, you um, had a pretty stacked wide receiver room. Who knows what happens when they take Devonte Adams? When you have a pretty pretty good wide receiver room, you you, you draft guys. You don't draft you don't avoid positions because you you, you're stacked. You pick the best people available. And and that's what I like about the Packer way. If the Packers take an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman, or even a wide receiver. And because it's the best player available, I'm fine with it. I, I know how the Packers draft. And I honestly don't have an issue with them taking a quarterback in round one last year. I honestly don't. Um, would I have done the move if I was a GM? No, but I'm not the GM, and I understand why they took AJ Dillon in the second round, because they knew one of one or two, or one or two, of your your team was going to be gone with uh, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. You're either going to lose both, or you're going to at least lose one of them, and you got to you got to be prepared for future depth. So. That's my thought with the draft. Who cares the position? Who cares what you drafted last year, the year before? You draft whoever the best player is available. That's just my thought with the NFL draft. So with that said, I want to thank you all for listening to Talking Sports with Evan. I didn't get the Bucks today, but I will talk Milwaukee Bucks quite heavily next week. I will talk Milwaukee Brewers next week. I'm going to work on trying to get a guest on to talk some bucks or and or Brewers. But until then, I hope you have a great rest of your week, great weekend, and make sure to follow me on Twitter at EvanWittSports. Thank you so much. Have a great one.